0: Man, we have a new iPhone color and we have other updates to Apple Card, AirTags and more. Yes. This podcast is all about Apple's 2021 Spring event. I'm Dexter Johnson and let's talk about all of the things. Welcome to End the Weeds with Dexter Johnson. This is a tech podcast all about you the listener. My aim is to educate, inform, and most importantly, empower you with the tools that you need to face this ever-changing world of technology. So let's get into it, shall we? So let's go ahead and get this out of the way shall we this was yet another masterfully executed apple event in a time where we're still in a pandemic where everyone is home and no one is actually attending these things in real life it was absolutely phenomenal from the jump and we just got the ball rolling first and foremost this event was one hour long and they just kept hitting us left and right with information that's what i want i want something that is information dense straight to the point without a bunch of fluff and we know some apple does pack in the cute fluff but i think it's good fluff all right so first and foremost the event started and the first thing that we wanted to talk about was apple card so up until this point apple card has been a very for lack of a better term it's been a singular experience You have an Apple card. Your wife has an Apple card. And no one else has an Apple card. But now, spouses and partners can share credit lines. Also, we have Apple Card Family, which allows you to extend those limits over to children up to, they have to be at least 13, and then you can give them spending limits and control so that they can actually be authorized users for your card as well. So... Bringing Apple Card into, um, we're going to say, out of the dark ages and essentially making it on par with other similar cards where you know that you can let a teenager have a card that's tied to your credit limit and things like that, and spouses and things of that nature. So to me, this really does bring them up to par. Moving on, Apple Podcasts update. So in the next version of iOS, We're going to see updates to Apple Podcasts. First and foremost, we're going to get a new, cleaner design. We're going to have channels. We're going to get recommendations. And lastly, but not least, you're going to have subscriptions so that you can help your favorite creators. Now, there's a little tangent that I'm going to actually record in a full episode about, but this idea of paying to subscribe to your favorite creators is starting to get a little tired. The thing is, is if these platforms really cared about these creators, then you wouldn't nickel and dime the consumer. Think about it. You have YouTube. There's a thing such as YouTube partners. You get paid from ads. But then we need to join your YouTube. We need to super chat. We need to join you on Patreon because YouTube is so why 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 crazy about ads and stuff like that? Then you also want us to subscribe to this service called Nebula because it's just better than YouTube. I'm just getting tired of that. Moving on. We have a new iPhone 12 color that is coming in an all-new purple color. Now, from there, we went into updates on Find My. So this is where things are going to get interesting. First and foremost, we're approaching one. Billion Apple devices on the Find My network. They also open the network for third party accessories and then they drop the bomb. AirTag is now released. So, this is similar to other items such as a tile, but it works on the Find My network. If you have a U1 chip, you actually get incredibly, incredibly verbose and straight to the point directions pointing you in the exact direction with an arrow on your screen of where your device is in space absolutely phenomenal and it's called precision finding so first and foremost air tags they're going to cost 29 dollars a piece or you can snag them in a four pack for 99 bucks next up apple tv all right we we didn't know if we were going to get something from this or not but We're going to get a Season 2 of Ted Lasso coming in July 2021. And we also have a new set-top box, Apple TV 4K, the next generation. This time, we're featuring an A12 Bionic chip. They didn't bump it up to an A14 or anything like that, unfortunately. But we're getting HDR Dolby Vision. We're getting HDR with high frame rate. We're getting a color balance feature where you're essentially able to kind of ensure that the colors on your screen represent real life as much as they can. So you, there's a process where you hold your phone up to your screen for proper calibration. You also get what we all hoped and wished for, a redesigned Siri remote. Because let's be honest, the previous generation remote was a complete disaster. Apple was wrong from the beginning. No one wants a swipe pad. Think about it. You're sitting back on your TV you're watching tv and it's supposed to be a laid back type of experience but you're swiping sometimes you might over swipe you might under swipe it's stupid now they give us a directional pad with five way navigation but they also include the swipe feature so that if you want more intense controls being able to go back And if you want more direct controls with the 5-way controller, you are there. And then you also feature the Siri button on the side. They also have a power button, which allows the Apple TV, when connected, to actually control your TV as well. So, yes, this is what the previous generation's controller should have been because it was an utter and complete piece of trash. Now, of course... 32 gigabyte model starting off at 179, 64 gigabyte model starting off at 199. Still priced way more than everything in the competition. You could probably buy about 2.37 billion Roku sticks, and Amazon just gives away they, they just give away Fire sticks whenever you order anything. Hey, do you want a Fire stick? It's absolutely amazing, but. What people are trying to get from this is what is the value proposition? What are you getting for having an Apple TV? Now, to me, the biggest thing is apps because there are so many apps that are available. Now, of course, the main streaming platforms are everywhere. Your YouTubes, your Sling TV, your Plex, your Hulu Plus, like those are everywhere. But then you have certain more granular apps which are only available on Apple TV. Then you get the gaming support. Roku can't do that. There are, and and lastly but not least, you get the tie-in into quote-unquote the ecosystem. Of course, we talk about it all the time, but the ecosystem is a real thing and it rears its ugly head here. Next up, we have Mac updates. So, we're getting an all new redesigned iMac with an M1 chip. This is a 24 inch, 4.5K red to display, the best speakers, mics and camera ever put into a Mac. We get seven colors, true tone display. And when you look at this thing, you're gonna think to yourself, my, that looks like a gigantic iPad. Attached to a base, and of course, that's what it. That's essentially what it is. We know that with Big Sur, the integration that we have with M1 has been is essentially unrivaled across any of Apple's contemporaries out there. And this is just this thing is great. And of course, with the higher end model of this, you get the Touch ID keyboard that comes with it. I think this is huge. I think this is absolutely huge. Now, of course, every application does not work on um, on Apple's new M1 architecture. But here's the thing. I'm willing to bet money that for every application that does not work, you will be able to put some time in and find an application that does work and it will work perfectly with your workflow. And with that being said, I'm actually very, very tempted to purchase a Mac Mini and just switch over from Windows and Linux. Now, Linux is my primary operating system. This podcast is not about that, but this thing is absolutely phenomenal. So let, let's talk about that pricing, shall we? So first and foremost, you have three separate options. You have well, first and foremost, with the M1 chip, you're always going to get an eight core CPU and you're either going to get a seven or eight core GPU. So with a traditional magic keyboard, eight core CPU, seven core GPU, 256 gigabytes of storage, eight gigabytes of unified memory, 1299 Bump that up for eight core CPU and eight core GPU with gigabit ethernet two usb3 ports magic keyboard with touch id 1499 and then if you bump that up to 512 gigabytes of base storage you're at 1699 now of course you're going to be able to spec it all the way up to include 16 gigabytes of ram if you want it to be but honestly for how thin this thing is I think this is great. <laughs> I honestly think this is a great freaking move for iMac because Big Sur, the M1 chip and the integration that it provides, like I said, it is unmatched. It's absolutely unmatched. Moving on. iPad Pro. Now, guys, I know what you're thinking. They just released the iPad Air what the heck is going on this time so first and foremost the ipad pro it's got the m1 chip (laughs) and when so the way just the theater behind like you have the guy sneaking around who takes the m1 chip out of the mac throws it into the ipad you see the thing close And I'm literally about to fall out of my freaking chair. It is absolutely phenomenal. And there are designs. The design is exactly the same. It looks exactly the same. You're not going to be able to tell this apart from the previous generation iPad Pro. Now, with that being said, let's talk about what features are you going to get? Well, first and foremost, you're going to get better performance. You're going to get faster graphics. You're going to get two times faster storage access. You're getting a new two terabyte storage configuration. You have Thunderbolt with USB four support. That's, That's giving you 4X bandwidth. You're getting 5G, and you're getting a new ultra wide camera on the front. What more can you ask for? Honestly, additionally, you get a XDR liquid retina display. And of course, that is on the bigger version. With that being said, it's definitely on the bigger one. And as per Apple, and I quote from the website with M1, iPad Pro is the fastest device of its kind. It's designed to take full advantage of next level performance and custom technologies like the advanced image signal processor, ISP, and unified memory architecture of M1. And with the incredible power efficiency of M1, iPad Pro is still thin and light with all-day battery life, making it as portable as it is powerful. So what are you getting? An 8-core CPU, an 8-core GPU, 16-core neural engine. Wait up, we just talked about the M1 chip in the newest iMac these things are running the same freaking chip let that sink in but of course you're the you're dealing with mac os and you're dealing with ipad os now something that's interesting to note here is that the ipad could run mac os it's the same chip people but You have different form factors for a reason. A tablet is thin and light. It doesn't feature a stabilized keyboard or a dock or a base. You're you're moving around with it. iPad OS is perfect for the hardware. When you start to sit, when you start to have a portable device, then that's when you move into macOS. And the beautiful part is that macOS on M1, it can run iOS apps. Come on, people. Come on, people. So, of course, like I said, the Liquid Retina XDR display comes to the 12.9-inch iPad Pro. So, you're getting 1 million to 1 contrast ratio, which is great for viewing and editing images. You're getting 1,000 nits of full screen brightness, 16 nits of peak brightness, True Tone. Like I said, the million to 1 contrast ratio, ProMotion and a P3 wide color gamut. Now, of course, according to Apple, this is having 10,000, over 10,000 mini LEDs. So to achieve extremely high brightness, we used an array of LEDs across the entire back of the display to fit them in the incredibly thin iPad Pro. We used custom designed mini LEDs that are 120 times smaller than the previous generation. And custom optical films and diffusers mix the light more efficiently so that it can fit in a design that's just 6.4 millimeters thin. So of course, of course, what does this mean for the pricing? So. The displays are different in each of these iPads. So in the smaller iPad, in the smaller configuration, the 11-inch display with the liquid retina display, it starts off at the usual $799. Now, for the 12.9-inch display, 1099 And that is with the base configuration 128 gigabyte model. Now, of course, you can spec this bad boy out all the way to let's just go ahead and do it right now i'm doing this live so i can go with a wi-fi 12.9 inch ipad pro two terabyte it's going to cost me $21.99 if i want to go with the new option of cellular getting some 5g action in here we're going to be at $23.99 so this thing can be hella powerful and hella expensive. But either way, I think that this is a huge jump up for iPad. And honestly, there's really no other relevant tablets besides iPad. Honestly, it's it's the best, it's in a class all by itself. Now, of course, when we talk about rumors, one of the things that was rumored is that we might get a new Apple Pencil that did not come to fruition but we really didn't need a new Apple Pencil to begin with. So with that being said, the event was over. It was absolutely phenomenal. And one thing that you can take away from this is that Apple is still rolling. Now I did hear that their stock did take a little bit of a tumble, but I don't I don't know what these investors, I don't know what the shareholders are honestly expecting from them. They did the Apple thing. They, they updated their devices, things are better, And things are honestly, it's not all about the, the price of a share. It's just not. Because these are all excellent updates to their line. It's going to bring some revenue to the company. And it's making their ecosystem even better. M1 with integration. A new Apple TV with a much needed redesigned remote. AirTags giving you a tag in your own Find My network these are all things that needed to be done. So of course, essentially for this, as you guys know, I tend to be unscripted unless it is a huge event such as things like this. But today I actually did not take notes on most of these type of events, whether it's a Google event, whether it's an Apple event, I tend to watch live and I also tend to live tweet. So of course, as I always say, at every podcast feed please follow me on Twitter that's the only place where you can find me on all these social things at Dexter underscore Johnson and you could have been learning about this as I was so guys the 2021 spring Apple event is over it was a great one it was a fun watch there are some good things coming from this so I guess my question that I leave you with is what the heck are you going to buy if anything. Guys, until next time, I'll holler at you. Thank you for listening to another episode of In the Weeds with Dexter Johnson. I'm hoping you're coming away more empowered, educated, and enthralled in the technological world. Be sure to tell a friend, share this episode and follow me on twitter at dexter underscore johnson and most importantly stay tuned for future episodes until next time